the Buddha emphasized that right view, samaditi, is the, the forerunner of all wholesome states, all wholesome, noble qualities of mind are led by right view. So just as the uh, lightening of the sky in the early morning is the forerunner of the dawn and the sunrise, so too Samaditi, right view, is the forerunner of all wholesome states. At the beginning of these kind of retreat periods, I like to bring attention to this quality, samaditi, right view, seeing clearly. This is relating to the quality of attitude and the way that the mind is worked with moment by moment. What's the attitude that we're bringing to this retreat period? It's the way that this mind, this body, this time is being looked at. How is it being held? There are different ways that right view are described and expounded upon. One of the most important, essential is that right view consists of seeing the Four Noble Truths, or more, uh, more specifically, seeing in terms of the Four Noble Truths. So it doesn't just mean believing that the Four Noble Truths are true or useful as an idea. It's not just the trusting of them as a, a good framework, an accurate framework for relating to our life, our world. But to see in terms of right view means to be applying those four noble truths moment by moment. In terms of the practice, bringing attention to meditation, formal periods of sitting, Developing seclusion, silence. What this points to is seeing where dukkha arises. A feeling of dissatisfaction, discontent. Again, as the Buddha frequently said, I teach one thing, dukkha and the ending of dukkha. This is directly related to this quality of a right view. So whether it's in terms of a feeling in the body, it's in terms of something that we're seeing, it's in terms of a memory that we have, or something that we've done, or something that has happened to us, whether it's in terms of a wave of emotion, happiness, or sadness, fear, excitement, irritation, wherever, wherever it might be, that feeling of dukkha arises. 
That's where we bring attention. But to develop right view is to recognize, oh, this is dukkha. Getting things that you want and then grasping it. Oh, this is exactly how I like the tea to be made. Yes, at last. The mind grasps that and then sets itself up for disappointment the next day when the tea is not made that way. Disapproving of the way that somebody acts, the way that one of the monks or nuns, the way they walk or stand up or sit down, how they put their shoes on the shoe rack or don't put their shoes on the shoe rack. <laughs> how can she do that? How many times have I told her? To recognize in that moment, oh, this is association with the disliked, dukkha. This is separation from the liked. This is dukkha. A painful memory of the quality of regret. I'm so ashamed that I did that. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so stupid. How could I have done that? To recognize in that moment, this is the mind grasping a painful memory, creating identity. This is Dukkha. Having a cough or morning reflections going on. This is Dukkha. <laughs> it's not what we want, but here it is. But to establish right view is to be seeing things in terms of dukkha and the ending of dukkha. How the, when the mind attaches to what it likes, what it dislikes, what it feels it owns, what it wants to own, what it has lost, what it's longing for in the past or regretting in the past, what it's hoping for in the future, what it's afraid of in the future. The attention so easily goes to that emotion, that memory, that sensation in the body, that thing that I'm seeing, tasting, hearing. So the task, the work of developing the practice, developing right view, is to turn the attention around to see this is the, the feeling of dukkha having got what I wanted, and there's an I that's trying to own it, keep it, grasp it. This is Dukkha. Experiencing something that is painful, unwanted. Rather than worrying about what's happening to this knee, or this obsessive thought, to recognize, oh, this is Dukkha, association with the disliked. This is Dukkha. This takes a quality of attention, sustaining attention, to be aware of the flow of moods and perceptions, attitudes, but to establish that way of relating to them, training the mind to relating to the flow of experience in terms of, of Dukkha, seeing where, where it has arisen, Knowing it, letting it go. As it said, the mind that 
goes out and attaches to its moods is the cause of dukkha. Having attached to its moods, that's the experience of dukkha. Dissatisfaction, discontent, alienation. The mind knowing the mind is the way that that dukkha is resolved. Seeing, look, here is the mind attaching to how well the tea is made today. This is just the experience of liking. It's just the experience of liking. That's all. The mind knowing the mind, then, is the way leading to the ending of dukkha. When that knowing is established, the dukkha stops. There's a, a suchness, quality of ta-ta-ta. There's a suchness to this moment, even if there's a painful memory or a feeling of, of gratification. It's pleasant or unpleasant, neutral. In that moment of recognizing, oh, it's just this. This feeling of disliking, this feeling of liking, this feeling of approving, this feeling of disapproving. It's just this. And the heart is attuned to the way the world is, the patterns of experience, but it's not creating any dukkha, any dissatisfaction, any disharmony around that. I feel it's important to clarify this principle right at the very start of the retreat period. The mind so easily goes towards our plans, how we want it to be, what we're interested to develop in the meditation, what we're hoping for, what we're say, inspired by, or what we're worried about. How am I going to deal with so many hours of sitting? What's it going to be like walking out in the coals and the wind and the icy weather? How am I going to manage with the cold? What about the period of solitary meditation? What am I going to do if I have two or three weeks of just being alone with my mind? How will I handle that? At the beginning of a, a long retreat period like this, three months, it's natural for the mind to try and create a future, to anticipate, to hope, to fear. The imagination likes to fill up the unknown with a plan, a hope or a fear, a belief. So at this beginning point of the, the retreat time, The most helpful place to begin is establishing right view, samaditi, to set this clear and conscious intention to work in terms of knowing dukkha, recognizing it, letting it go, and then and then being attentive to the results of having let go. The experience of non-suffering, mind free of dukkha. Awake. 
alert, attuned to the present reality, without grasping, without rejection. And we can set the intention or make the determination. I'm not going to let any anticipation arise. No expectations. No expectations. But the mind that makes the resolution is not the same one that is driving the, the habit of, of uh, creating the future. Hoping, fearing, imagining. Oh, don't be surprised if those kinds of expectation arise. Hopes and fears will arise. The, the practice is to develop a skillful attitude towards those hopes and fears, those plans. To know here is a plan arising, passing away. It doesn't have to be rejected, it doesn't have to be believed in, it doesn't have to be made who and what we are. It's just the perception of a plan arising, taking shape, dissolving. A fear. Worried about an injury, if you're straining your knee or your back. Worried about what that sensation, that painful feeling is, is a forerunner of. Oh no, it's only the first day and already my knee is feeling really weird. What am I going to do? In this moment, the thing to do is to notice that quality of fear, anticipation arising. This is the feeling of fear about damage to my knee. It arises, takes shape, and it dissolves. And the mind doesn't go out and grasp its moods, doesn't buy into those feelings of wanting, fearing, hating. But it knows those. There's a quality of, of peacefulness, a spaciousness of heart. We're establishing right attitude, knowing the arising and passing of the body and feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness, knowing them as they arise, as they take shape, as they dissolve. And that which knows them is not identified with them. That which knows the person is not a person. This quality of knowing, awakened awareness, is non-personal. It's the very fabric of experience, very means of, of knowing the world. It's how this person, this light, this world is known. But it's not personal. It's not a self, it doesn't belong to a self. So in establishing right view, the heart is being guided, trained to embody that quality of knowing. Knowing the world without being limited by the world. 
knowing arising and passing without being tied to it, unlimited by it. 